program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. All right, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another week of exciting football and Phillies talk. I'm very excited this week. Uh, we got so much going on. And it's kind of exciting to be a, a sports fan in Philly right now. I mean, you got the Flyers coming off the Stanley Cup. They're just starting up with the preseason. Uh, the Eagles went from, I don't know where they are or where they're going, but uh, it's fun to watch, even though I think people are ultimately going to be disappointed where they're going. But the Phillies clinch uh, their fourth straight NL East division title this week, which is a huge deal. Uh, because I think, a lot, you know, you talk to some of these younger people around town, I don't, I don't know that they really understand how rare this is. You know, it's like you, you want to think back to the, you know, the late 80s and the 90s. When, I mean, it was just they were mathematically eliminated before the season started. They were so bad. Uh, so that's a treat. We'll get, we'll get uh, into some Phillies talk at this point. I'm Michael Warren along with G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. What's happening, guys? Hello. Hello. Friday. It's Friday. Hello. As always, it's a good day on Friday. Yeah, you guys sound so excited. <laughs> so, so the last time we we talked, uh, Michael Vick was getting ready for his, uh, I guess his first real start as the guy. Um, knowing it was his team, and he played the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did they did some serious damage to the Jaguars, but they're a very very bad team. And I know I got ripped pretty bad for saying this, but you, you remember when uh, when Tony Romo first started out uh, for the Cowboys and Bill Parcells said, you know. Easy to put the anointing oil away. Like a few of those throws I could have made. I'm not saying Vic's not playing well. He's oh, I know he's electrifying and all this. That's, can, can we get a little bit of time on this guy before we? I mean, this town right now it, it's like Vic mania, and it's a lot of the people that never wanted him, uh, and a lot of the people that wanted Cobb, but now they want Vic because because he's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you could never accuse say what you want. You could never accuse the guy of being boring to watch. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I. Just as I'm hesitant. I mean, I want to see, and I don't think that test comes this week and maybe next week either. We, I, I don't know when Vic's going to get tested. Uh, true, you can only play who's in front of you, but I mean, are you guys fully on this the Vic hype train? I mean, aside from the fact the team does have other flaws, I mean that you know the, the offensive line is atrocious. Well, you know, I, I think the reason that you got the hype, of course, is because of his story. And uh, one of the things that people need to realize is that you know. Uh, at times, the media wants to hype things because hype equals money. I mean, right. that's it. So uh, they, they take things up just like they had, you know, um, Kevin Cobb going into the Hall of Fame. And the guy had, I mean, you know, he played a couple games last year. <laughs> but, you know, he didn't really have a lot, hadn't done a lot. But I, I do think that that Michael Vick, what he has done, I think really does a lot for his career because, uh, I don't think he's reached 
you know, to the top level he can get to as a quarterback. And he's going to be able to get him a big contract probably because, you know, he's still got that running ability. I mean, if you look at the NFL right now, I mean, how many quarterbacks can say, well, he's clearly better than Michael Vick right, right now? I mean, and he doesn't have to play at the level he's been playing at. If he was just running offense and, I mean, because there's, there are a lot of garbage quarterbacks in the league. So, Agreed. right now, he's got himself in a position where he's going to get him a nice contract. So, for him, he has done a lot for himself. Oh, and, and you know what I was thinking about this too, G, this week? I was thinking about what his creditors must have been thinking when they're watching this game. They had to give each other a little fist bump, pour a glass of scotch, light a cigar. It looks like we're going to get paid back. I mean, just like you said, he's going to get some money at some point. Most of it's going to go pay back other people, but at least those guys know that they're going to get paid back. All those people he owes money to are probably smiling the biggest right now. Yeah, uh, they're going to get their money back. He is going to get himself a big contract. Uh, and, um, you know, the way things are looking, uh, he just, you know, continues. Uh, and, as, and he really doesn't have to, you know, he have, even if they don't even make the playoffs. If he plays as a you know, good, solid year, because any, uh, you know, throughout the league, and I think Donovan's going to be gone out of Washington, too. I think he's going to head, probably head to Minnesota, but. Any any uh, head coach who wants to keep his job is going to be interested in getting a quarterback that can come in and play right what right away because you know that um, that stuff with those rookie quarterbacks a lot of times they put you on unemployment line after you, you know you draft the number one pick and you get this top quarterback that is rookie and you're not sure whether he can play or not a lot of times he, he gets you like I said on the unemployment line. And, and Vic can do something with nothing, which is not a lot of guys can do. You can put him out there with not much else, and he'll make something happen. Doesn't maybe not you know win you anything, but it, he'll make a, a bad team at least decent. He's kind of like an Iverson that way, where and just put him well, out here. Now, he'll do his now, thing. Now, 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 let me say this. Let me say this now. <laughs> let me let, let me say this, Michael. You can't make an assessment on Michael Vick or how good he could be. You can't really because. The guy is just redoing his career, and he's gonna. Get, I think he's going to get better. So I couldn't say right now, well, you know, I think he can be a consistently very good quarterback. I mean, consistently. Uh, is he going to be the greatest quarterback ever? I can't say that. I don't know that. But I think already I can see he can be a good quarterback because he can deliver the ball, he can read the defense. He's still got the ability to run. So with a lot of the quarterbacks in the league, I give him a nod over a lot of them right now. Right, but that's what I'm saying, especially because some teams that don't have much, he can do more with very little because of his legs. Um, yeah, but, but like I said, I think he's still got room to grow. He's, he's really, uh, in the next couple of years, he really can continue to improve as a quarterback. I agree. And, and Jay, what do you think? I mean, I, I, he's been playing, he's never played this well as a quarterback. I'll tell you that right now. He's a better passer than he's ever been. Are you, uh, are you ready to crown him the next, uh, uh, you know what I think? Uh, I fall in the minority. Uh, what I, you know, I'm not. I don't fall in love with what's sexy. Um, and right now, uh, and, and to be honest with you, I'm being quiet a lot of this because I'm still, me personally, I'm, st- I'm still trying to figure out what I think of, of Michael Vick uh, right now. I think when we brought him in, when the when the Eagles brought him in here last year, I, don't, I didn't mean to say we. I hate when people do that. Uh, when the Eagles brought him in last year, 
Um, I mean, it was for a reason. Obviously, Andy saw something that maybe the rest of the league didn't. Um, you knew you knew it was going to take some time for him to get back in football shape. He would show little flashes, but then you always just knew there's something missing. He wasn't the Michael Nick of old. So to see him come out now and have his legs under him, uh, he's got a rock of an arm. Uh, I don't know where the accuracy came from, but he seems like he has a very accurate deep ball right now. And he's just he's hitting his receivers, which is impressive. Um, that's something Michael Vick was ridiculed for in the past. Uh, he's got a lot of pocket patience right now, which I didn't expect from him. But I can't help but stare at terrible defenses. And I can't fault Michael Vick because a good quarterback, whether he's going to do those things. He did exactly what he was supposed to do against bad defenses. So while I applaud him for where, you know the steps he's taken to this point and to be at the level that he is, um, you know, this season thus far, I'm not ready to crown him and I'm not ready to say that, you know, Michael Vick is the next coming because I want to see it against better talent. Uh, I'm, I mean, obviously, does he make it exciting for people to watch in Philadelphia? Yeah, he makes it exciting for the entire league to watch right now. And he's certainly signing, the, signing himself on the dotted line for a future contract with the way he's playing right now. But I'm just, I'm, not, I'm just holding out judgment because I don't want to fall in love with what's sexy against bad defenses right now. I agree, and I got ridiculed for that. You, you, it is criminal right now to take a wait-and-see approach with Vic in the city right now. Everyone, well, I mean, I, because they're making you, but this, this talent. Michael, Michael, you, you got guys on my site, you know, that, that love to be on that site. A lot of them were probing nav guys. Some of the ones that are vocal, and you got some of those guys who, when Kevin Cobb went down, a lot of those guys enjoyed that, so they jumped on the big bandwagon. And that's all it is. I, I think you know, people who are, are these you know, guys though? They get ahead of themselves. Like these, guys, that? these guys who were, and here's the thing that gets me, Jay. Um, and and part of the reason why I try to be quiet about it is who are these guys who are the loudest people out there? Who are these guys that are being the most vocal about Michael Vick? I guarantee you a lot of them are the ones who were ushering McNabb out of here. I guarantee you they were the ones who were saying Cobb's the next coming. And I guarantee – so it's it's pick a quarterback. So many Philly fans right now are so fickle. And you push out McNabb, you hoist up Cobb. Cobb struggles in the half. Now Vic's the new savior, and ah, we're done with Cobb. So I'd rather just kind of tune everybody out. And I wish people would just kind of make their own decisions. And just shut up. Stop drinking beer and paint in your face. Just watch the game. <laughs> well, you know well, what I mean? Let, just let, you have let, let me say, wait, let me say this, though. Let, let, if, I might, if I might interject. Please do. This is what fans do. Come on. Who's kidding? Who, who, who was high on Charlie Manuel? Tell me somebody was high, high on Charlie Manuel. Now you got everybody bowing down to Charlie Manuel. People were joking. He was a, he was a joke. They thought he, never, he would never make it. Charlie Manuel's a joke, you know. And now everybody, man, that Charlie, he really got an intuition. He's got all this stuff. <laughs> people go with the winner. Come on, who's kidding who? Most of the people get on the bandwagon. They'll say, oh, no, I say, what, what, that's a bunch of garbage. People get well, out of their stuff when the team starts winning. Now everybody's a Philly fan. Come on. <laughs> I knew I knew they were going to make it all along. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the way people do. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. Come on. Well, what's the saying? The uh, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town. Yeah, and somebody well, wants to it's, it's the absolute truth. I mean, and we're 
living proof of it right now. Philadelphia is living proof of it right now. Well, here's a question, then. We're going to go to break in a few minutes. Here's a question. What happened if Vic starts to go in the toilet? He's put good weeks together in the past. Hello, when Mike. Cat. back in the toilet, did well, they start the cop chant? The thing is, you know, they're not going to run the table. Uh, you probably will have a bad game or two in there. But I think it's going to be fine because his fundamentals are solid. And he's got some guys that can get open. I mean, so I, I don't think it's going to be so bad. The whole thing is how good is the defense? Is he going to be able to do that with a bad line and all that stuff? But, well, here, here's what I want to pose real quick. Uh, because you're right, there, there are a lot of factors. Other than how Michael Vick plays, uh, Michael Vick isn't going to single-handedly walk this team in the playoffs or win a playoff game or anything like that. There's a lot of other factors that are going to come into you know how this team finishes up this season. But I, I guess the question I have is, whether it was Kevin Cobb or Michael Vick, I think it was pretty realistic expectations that this team could start off 3-1, and one, and possibly a little better. Now they're going to start, after Washington, they're going to start getting into some heavier competition. So I guess the question is really what happens later that's really going to determine, you know, what Michael Vick is and what this Eagles what this Eagles team is. Because the beginning of the season, to me, the first quarter of the season, I thought it was a wash. But it, I, I, was, I mean, I think we were all pretty much saying three and one up to this point. No. Yeah, and you don't know who's good or t- some teams. People think. I mean, no one thought the Chiefs were going to be playing like this. So when you look at the schedule and try and predict that stuff, it's still so early. You don't even know who's good and who's bad yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that kind of stuff is, it is tough. And, and But they have gone through the weak part of the scheduling. I was watching with a football night in Philly last week on NBC, and they're like, well, do you know this team is 2-1 atop the division? I want to be like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. Why, why would that even be a discussion point right now? In a race for the wild card. It is. It's so ridiculous. Look, we got tons more to talk about, but i got to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side with more Eagles stuff because it just makes my, my brain hurt. Uh, this is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on The Trail with Jim and Trav. Benny Spies, host of a new program at Versus called Gun It. Former quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Tony Adams, and the intrepid Cat Daddy will be our special guests. And we'll be headed on the trail with a guy whose car alarm eats dog food. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's, your work boot center, Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth. Talking a little Michael Vick, talking a little Eagles. Uh, and, and Vick aside, I kind of want to look at the rest of the team uh, because, G, you know, we, we've talked about this too. Forget Vick in the quarterback position. Is this team really good enough, regardless of who's playing quarterback, to do much? Now, the more I get a, uh, the more I get a look at this division, the more I'm thinking, yeah, you, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven might get you in the playoffs. I think the Cowboys are going to improve, but. Uh, this team, to me, I don't know how anybody can live behind that offensive line. I get terrified. If anything happens to Stuart Bradley, that defense goes so far in the tank, it's not even funny. Uh, mainly the offensive line. No, I mean, do they run the ball enough? I and mean, we've been saying that for, what, 10 years now. But do you guys think this team, even with, with solid quarterback play, has, has enough juice to really do anything? Well, it all depends on how the other teams do, and really with uh, the other teams in the NFC faltering, uh, you know, they have a better chance. I mean, the thing about it is nobody knows exactly how this team is going to do. Now, there are certain things they do have, though. There are certain teams they are going to beat just because of the matchups, and they can exploit things, you know, like a team that doesn't have a decent secondary. You know, they're going to take advantage of those guys. And so – um, I, I think that, you know, I think they're definitely going to be at least 8-8 eight eight or so. I think, cause I, I, I think uh, or, or at least near there, because I think there's certain teams that uh, they're going to be able to take advantage of if they got problems in their secondary, as long as, you know, they've got Deshaun and, and Macklin out there. Vic's going to be able to get the ball to them deep, you know, so. Well, because he can throw know, on the run. Like yeah. last year. What's that? Because he can throw on the run, which he's going to have to do. He can get that ball really deep without, you know, he doesn't have to set too much. Which is well, that's a different than he and uh, Kevin Cobb. That's why Kevin Cobb cannot play with the Deshaun and Macklin and those guys with the line this bad because he can't get it out there unless he steps into it. All right, so, G, tell us what, what happens now because uh, – you, you put Vic in, he gives you the best chance to win right now. I don't think there's any disagreement there. But, however, what do you do with Kevin Cobb now? What if he doesn't get back in the rest of the season? What do you do with him? Well, you, are you going to say well, if, if you let Vic walk, if, and then you're going to tell me it's Cobb's team again? If Vic play, continues to play well, they're going to re-sign Vic. Might as well know that. Okay. Andy loves Vic. Now, anybody that doesn't realize Andy loves Vic, you got to be out of your mind. Look at the way he worked him in. He put had him playing with Donovan here. He had him playing. He had him playing when Cobb was going to be the starter. He still found a way to get Michael Vick on the field, and he was just putting him out there. Look in the first game. He just put him out there. Boom! Vick is playing. Period. 
So you know he likes Michael Vick. He really likes Michael Vick. So uh, I think Vick is going to get re-signed. And there's no way with Cobb. I don't see how he beat. I don't think how he's, he's, if uh, if Vick gets re-signed, he's not going to be here because he's got a contract for one for, for uh, one point two million. And I don't think he's going to want to play for that. No, probably not. Oh. I mean, and there won't. There shouldn't be any shortage of teams that want to trade for him. I mean, if you look at what the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals did this off season. Th- th- they should be ashamed of themselves. You're going to yeah, tell well, me you thought it was okay to go in the season with those quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, they can't do it again, can they? I mean, you're going to tell me well, you know, your guy with you know, Donovan on the trading block? Andy Reid really did Kevin a, a, a real uh, – he did him a major favor by covering his butt. You know, and not, and not saying, well, you know, the reason I'm sitting him down is because the guy can't take this heat. He can't play in this kind of town with the kind of heat that's going to be on him. Because he basically said it. He told Peter King that, that you know, he was going to get crucified if he went in there and played poorly. And, and the thing that uh, really it shows is they called Donovan Mr. Sensitive, and he can't take the heat. And, and Kevin Cobb was supposed to be the tough guy. And here you got Andy basically coddling him in front of the nation. <laughs> yeah, they threw Donovan to the Wolves. I mean, you remember that, what was it, 99, uh, the week two game? Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were blowing up the Eagles pretty bad. They took Peterson out to get Donovan in. They brought the house every down. They went after him. He left Donovan in. Yeah. He didn't take Donovan out like, oh, I don't want him to get crucified. I mean, he was throwing the wolf. They smelled the rookie. But, uh, yeah, and it's tough to argue with that decision, though, guys. Uh, how many quarterbacks can really stand in and, and do what Vic does when all the heat comes up the middle? There's nowhere to step up. How can yeah, well, you put I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really talking about that aspect. I'm talking about dealing with the criticism of Philadelphia. He acts like Kevin Cobb can't deal with it. Yeah, but don't you think that has something to do with the fact that he was going to get just chewed alive back there mainly because of the line? Or you think it's just he didn't feel like he could play regardless? Whatever it is, if, if he's talking about the line, you know, there are the quarterbacks. Hey, he's supposed to be able to get rid of the ball. What about happened to that? <laughs> he, he can get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball, then, Kevin. You know, I mean, basically, it, it just shows here you got Andy saying he can't take it. You know, well, and I thought it was pretty amazing for him to say that. He can't take it. Well, you know, Vic is really not that big. And and Vic, does, Vic gets hit. Come on. Vic gets, he takes some pounding. All right, that's all I see it, Jay. I'm going to ask you this. Is there how much of a chance do you think there is that Kevin Cobb gets moved before the trade deadline? There are some needy teams out there. Um, you know what? I don't think he gets moved personally. I don't think Cobb gets moved um, because to me, I, I don't. I know. I know. G. I totally hear everything that you're saying, G. Um, and maybe there is something in Andy where he thinks that uh, maybe he can't just take the heat uh, per se. But I also agree with Micah. I think a lot of that has to do with it doesn't matter what young quarterback, and young in terms of NFL experience. Uh, obviously, he's not you know a rookie. Uh, but I don't know what young quarterback could sit back there with that offensive line and take the heat. 
I really don't. I really don't know what quarterback would be able to look like any semblance, a semblance of a quarterback when basically he's got to deliver the ball after a two-step drop, and you're not even going to give him a three-step, five-step. Um, so okay, I, I think Andy, let me, Okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I just think Andy's kind of doing a mix of both. He doesn't – I think I agree with you where, you know, yeah, he's going to get a lot of pressure, and I'm not sure, you know, how Andy expects him to respond, but a lot of that pressure is also due to uh, basically the insufficiencies on that line. He's just – he's still – he's coddling them, exactly like you said, and, and he's going to continue to do it, I guess. Okay, now now next year when the Eagles line up, okay, are they going to have different tackles? No. Than the guys they have now? No, probably not. I hope so. I hope they at least get one. Okay, Jason Peters is going nowhere. Wait, you think they're going to get rid of one of those tackles? No, I, I'm honestly, gun no. to my head, no. Okay. No, Jason Peters is going nowhere. Okay, we can we, play we all we like. Not, okay, we know they're not getting rid of one of the guards. Right, right. Left guard. We know Harriman. We know Harriman's is not going anywhere. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, at center, we don't know who's going to be at center. Right. I mean, we really don't know. But at the right guard spot, there's a chance there too. So really, two of the five, three of the five are going to be the same guy. Okay. They're going to be they're going to be the same guys next year. Now. How much of a difference is there going to be? I mean, are they are they going to get all, all pros at those other two positions? No, I mean, no, I, I, no. I I don't disagree with you, Jay. I, I, it's hard for me to sit here and you know I'm trying to make sense of it. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just can't remember. I mean, a time when I've seen an offensive line with so many holes, and it's not like you can sit here and say, well, like like we thought. Oh, it's right up the middle. It's right up the now we're getting deep left, middle, right. It, it's almost like something has to change, and I agree with you that three of the five are probably going to be there. But at some point, um, uh, something's got to change on that line because nobody can succeed with an offensive line like this. Michael Vick, like you said, Michael Vick is going to get hurt. He's getting hit sometimes on his own accord, and despite all the highlights and fancy plays, he's getting sacked. He's getting hit. And I, and I have a feeling um, he's going to get a little banged up this year to where we might see a little Kevin Cobb before we want to because I'm not so sure Michael Vick is going to be able to make it an entire season. Okay, but, now, I, I, do, I don't think uh, Kevin is going to be traded. I mean, I don't, especially, you know, this year, I don't think he is either. But last year, Aaron Rodgers got sacked 50 times, 50 mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. He threw for 4,000 yards. He got sacked 50 times. And... And my thing is, you know, uh, is that what what Andy Reid is, you know, said, and he didn't want to blast Kevin. You know the way he protects his players. But Kevin was scared in that pocket. He was scared. Now you see, yeah. you see, um, Michael Vick. Okay, Michael Vick gets hit. Michael Vick stands strong in the pocket and delivers the stinking ball. Okay, and then he Agreed. takes the hit. That's the way an NFL quarterback does. I know this line is, is, is shaky, but it's not going to get but so much better next year. So if Kevin Cobb can't stand in there and get hit sometime, he can't play in the NFL. To your, to your credit, G, and Micah, you can probably attest to this, watching Cobb in the preseason, 
Um, I mean, his best performance was probably against Jacksonville in the preseason. But, I, Mike, I remember saying to you, hey, I don't like how this guy is throwing off his back foot. Right. You know, he's not playing and stepping up in the pocket and delivering the football. And, you know, while at times in that Jacksonville game, he came out popping a couple balls, fair enough, there, you, know, you yep. kind of saw those tendencies anyway. And I think, Mike, when we were talking, we kind of just pushed it off to, oh, well, yeah, it's that offensive line. Now, right. to your credit, G, hey, Vic's standing in there. He, that kid is taking some pops, and he's delivered the football, and he's delivered in the area it needs to be in. So I won't take anything away from Michael Vick, but the, the, the argument that's staring me in the face is I can't sit here and say what Cobb would have or would not have done because we, in, in all reality, he was given one half of football against a defense that was pressuring him nonstop. Did he deliver the football? No. He did not look good for that first half when he was in there. I will be the first to say that. But I have no idea see, how he really, would against Detroit see, and anybody really, else. To me, see, I, I bet you with Andy though, he's seen Kevin Cobb more than we have. Play against, right. You saw him play against the Chiefs, and they were doing, and, and he would not set his feet and throw the ball. They they saw him playing against the Bengals. He would not set his feet and throw the football and right. take the hit. What's right. that? No, look, and, and you're right. They saw enough of it. We got we got to grab a break though, and we're gonna come back and get back to more Eagles. Maybe some Phillies. I'm sorry. They're just second fiddle in this town. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We'll, we'll be right back here on G-Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back. We are back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth, and we're talking some birds, talking a little eagles. And obviously, it's it's like every week we get into it with this offensive line. It's it's uh, we've gotten into it enough because no matter what happens when you talk about this team, it always comes back to that horrific offensive line. And I actually wanted to look around and get your guys' take on what's happening in this division Uh, because. It's so relevant to the Eagles because all of a sudden these other teams, the Redskins are supposed to be better. Uh, when you, you made a great point about, and this nothing bugs me more than this. Nothing bugs me more about what the Redskins did on defense, and a lot of teams do it. You get, you have a guy with with a good system, and I know, gee, you've been a fan of the Redskins defense for a while. Last few years, it's been very steady, very good. But you you get rid of the guy that had it working. And you bring in a new guy who installs his system regardless of whether the personnel was brought in for that system. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. So the Redskins all of a sudden had a solid defense. Now they don't. And now you got Donovan with a terrible offensive line and maybe Santana Moss and a couple tight ends as weapons. The Giants look terrible. The Giants look bad. That team's in trouble. Dallas got off to the 0-2 start, although I'm going to say I'm still sticking with Dallas in this division. I don't think they're as bad as they started. Uh, I think they're going to get it right. They have offensive line issues. Kyle Kozar is out another two to four weeks. And it just seems, especially in the Eagles-Cowboys' cases, there's no continuity on those offensive lines. And that's kind of like we were talking about before with the Eagles. You know, you're watching these jailbreaks, and then you look, and Mike McGlynn's kind of turning around with his palms in the air, like, who, who was supposed to get that guy? There's, no one knows what's going on next to him, and you see that in Dallas also because they've got so many substitutes and older guys in there and haven't played together, mix and match. But the bottom line, the best people used to say this is the best division in football. It's it's getting close to the NFC West territory. Not quite, but it's getting close. The division's winnable. What do you guys still think for this division? I know it's only been three weeks. Are the Cowboys not as bad as they as you thought they were? Are the other two teams terrible? You know, who's the best team in the division? Yeah, I would have I would have to go with the Cowboys. I think I still think they're the best. Um, uh, I think, you know, player for player, you look at every area of their team. But I, I think there are a lot of question marks. I, I have really been disappointed in what the Giants have been able to do. Oh. Um, you know, they, they really have, uh, I think, underperformed. I thought they were going to be back on a par with Dallas. But they're clearly uh, having major problems. And um, everybody else, you know, I, I just think it's a thing where we're going to have to kind of wait and see. So you know, uh, with, you know, uh, likewise with um, what we said about Vic and uh, the, the Eagles, the same is true for these other guys. We really kind of have to wait and see them play and um, see how they do with the schedule and and uh, you know how, how they work out. You know, they're going to be playing some close games. You know, do they win them? Do they lose them? That sort of thing. But I still think the, the teams are um, are still forming their personalities. Uh, for this year. Yeah, I uh, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly how I pretty much feel about the division right now. 
I don't think the I don't think the Cowboys are. While there are questions, I, I, man for man, that they have some talent on that squad. I think they just need to figure out who they are uh, and how they're going to go about their season. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, uh, I'll stick to them winning the division. Um, earlier, I thought if anybody was going to compete with the Cowboys, it was going to be the Giants. Uh, they've been disappointing. They've been disappointing to say the least. Yeah. Uh, now, but uh, you know, so, and obviously the Eagles need to get into a. a I mean, fair enough, after three weeks they were first, but they need to get into the meat of their schedule and see how they do against some stiffer opponents. And The Redskins, I, I, I don't really expect much from Washington. I think what the biggest difference is going to be, or the biggest determining factor for me, obviously part of that is going to be divisional play. But, gee, you mentioned close games. And one thing that I think is kind of being left out, or at least has so far, um, I don't know that the Eagles can win a close game, not because I don't think that Vic can score uh, at the end of a half, end of a game, whatever it may be. Field position. Special teams is terrible. Oh, God. I think in a close game, I mean, that's going to yeah. be an edge to where the Eagles just give it away, um, you know, where otherwise. Although the Eagles have acres, Jay. No, I'm, yeah, and again, I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, on the foot of acres. I'm just talking about field position. They have Bobby right. April, for whatever reason, you know all the all the hype and everything brought in. I don't know if he doesn't have the personnel uh, that he wants, needs, whatever it may be. But for whatever reason, punt coverage and, and kickoff coverage is atrocious. Kickoff. Um, that's not going to that's not going to help win in a close game. Gee, you got to look. I didn't like that they they got rid of Tracy White and Kelly Washington guys. I thought they were good special teams guys. April has a great. Uh, reputation on the league. Is he just not getting it done? I mean, some of the stuff, and when you get into penalties, too, that's just discipline. Then you can get into coaching. What, is it their schemes on these kickoffs? Is it they don't have enough talent because they opted for, um, you know, guys that don't play special teams versus guys that just specialize in it, like Washington? I mean, what, what's happening with the special teams? It's terrible. Well, you know, I've been surprised that they've played so poorly. Uh, a lot of it is when you go with so many young guys, I think that that hampers you because, you know, you've got guys that are learning their way. So, you know, that doesn't help. But still, I, I don't think it's any excuse for them to have not played as poorly as, as poorly as they have played. And uh, they, they're going to have to step it up. But I don't think it's a, you know, as Rich Kotite would say, I don't think there's a cookbook answer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice that they used three punt returners on Sunday? Yeah, well, well, yeah, I saw that. And I tell you I what, Calvin with... kid, I don't mind him. I don't mind him if that's going to be Calvin? his niche. Yeah, if that's going to be his, uh, if that's going to be his niche on this squad, I like okay him. With I like him. him. While I like the, while I like the explosiveness in Deshaun Jackson, I, I don't necessarily want my number one back there returning kicks. I mean, unless it's at that point in the game where we need a play. Um, and, I mean, this Calvin yeah. kid seems quick. I don't like how he dances around so much, but he seems quick enough if he can learn to get north and south and, and use his, I guess, quickness to create more space. Just, I mean, and then get north and south. I, I think I like the kid so far. Yeah, I know Macklin, I know Macklin's better on punts than kicks. Are we done with him as a returner? Who, does, who can't see that this guy's not a good NFL returner? Punt, kicks, absolutely. Uh, that is just... You know, you might as well just spot the ball in the twenty. <laughs> but there's only one guy. There's only one guy, or really probably two of them, that still thinks he's a good NFL punt returner. One of Bobby April, and the other one's Andy Reid, I guess. I guess it doesn't oh. really matter, huh? 
So not only, so at least when Deshaun's back there, you can say, wow, the starting wide receiver's back there. A little dangerous, but the guy is so nasty, you can justify it at least. Now you look and you go, hey, that's a starting wide receiver out there. And in addition to that, he stinks. He's not even good at it. So it's like you're risking injury on no. starting receiver, a very important guy, because they don't have outside depth at starting wide receiver. I mean, isn't that I like, I like Colvin better than, um, uh, you know, much better than Jeremy back there for punch. I mean, come on. Yes, and if he gets hurt, I mean, come on, he's the bottom of the roster guy. You're right. You know, so how do you handle it in terms of, I mean, if you had your brothers or however you want to say it, but do you want um, a starting, you know, you're number one. Basically, you're your number one option in terms of a deep threat on offense. Do you want him returning kicks? When he's, he's as small as Deshaun, no, I, you know, I, even though I, I like Sean out in open field, I think he can protect himself. But, of course, you got a guy to come down and knock the crap out of him before he even gets a chance to move. So, from that standpoint, I probably wouldn't have him out there. I, I, you know, I like Cloven. I would let him just take it over now. Yeah, and it looks like they did that. You never know if they just left him back there. Uh, because the game was starting to get out of hand a little bit. Uh, I'm fine with Jared Calvin back there. I'm fine with that. Ellis Hobbs, I don't love playing defense. He's a decent kick returner. I mean, they're okay, but it, it's not even that. It's The coverage unit is what really bugs me. I mean, that's where it's like, I mean, against the Packers especially, you, you're looking at the Eagles return kicks to like the 23 and asking this thrown-together offense to go that far against a better Packer team that starts at the 40, 20 yards, 25 yards, you got a field goal. You know what I mean? This is, it, it's, it's the kind of stuff that can kill you, and I don't know if the coverage has been this bad since, what was the year before Harbaugh came in, G? Was it 97? They were just absolute disaster. Yeah. It, it was one of those. They can't afford it. But, you know, especially when you have a team, we're talking about a team that's 8-8 eight and eight and that kind of thing, and, and, and how important it is to win close games, especially in the division, because they're going to have a lot of them. Man, Jay, you're right, man. Special teams is the kind of thing that'll tip the scales. That's the difference mm-hmm. between whether you win that game or lose that close game. And, mm-hmm. again, when I mentioned Akers, because the Eagles do have – I mean, he's, if you watch you watch these teams like the Cowboys, David Bueller, they didn't, they didn't attempt a 46-yarder because he's so bad. That's another thing that'll kill you. Garrett Hartley kicks knuckleballs. I've never even seen that before. He lost his job. So there are a lot of teams that would love to have the coverage problem because they can't, they can't even kick a darn field goal. But that's the kind of stuff that kills you. You know, at least they got acres to handle that because this coverage stuff is, is for the birds. I mean, this is, this is bad news. And, you know, April seems like a good coach, but at, at what point does he get held accountable? Well, I think some of that is, is all those young guys who got out there running down there. Um, you know, the Eagles wanted to go youth movement. And we're seeing some of the guys, you know, you see Taylor Shime is not even suiting up. You got Clay Harbor, he's out there running the scout team. Right. Um, who else you got? That's um, your, your third and your fourth. Uh, of course, you got uh, Kafka. Who else came in the fourth round? Um, Harbor, Kafka, Keen Clayton, uh, Sapp, who's on IR. Yeah, Sapp's uh, on IR. Um, they, they try to, you know, Clayton, you know, I would, you know, you, well, 
we see that uh, Ernie Sims. Oh. Okay. Don't get I mean, me started. How many, times, how many times do I spell it out on Ernie Sims? I mean, hey, you call. Gee, you called him. We got to take a break. I'm, I'm going to come back and I want to talk about Ernie Sims because a lot of people are praising this guy, and I, I just feel like I, I don't. Maybe I don't know what I'm watching. But we got to take a break. We'll come right back here on G Cobb in the house with more Eagles chatter. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in nfl history tune in to wide open with andre rison andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison, featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they're also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. 
Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, guys, we are back here on G Cobb in the house, wrapping things up. Get you guys ready for your weekend. I'm Michael Warren, along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth, and we talked a lot of Eagles. And we got to give the Phillies a little bit of love here. I mean, four straight NL East titles. They're playing the Braves in a weekend series that no one cares about. And if you had mentioned that a month ago, everyone would have said, you're full of it. This this thing was going down to the wire. Well, don't worry about this. they got six games left about the Braves. They'll catch up, this and that. This thing got ugly quick. All of a sudden, the Phillies wrapped to an insurmountable lead in clinching the division before they wrap things up with Atlanta that they're doing tonight with, with a Kyle Kendrick on the mound. And uh, so, yeah, it's four years in a row for the Phillies to make the playoffs. And I think... Unless you've been around this town a long time, I think some of these younger kids kind of think, oh, this is great, the Phillies are good. Hey, this is the exception, not the rule. This is uh, this doesn't happen all the time. And if you look at the pitching they won with in 2008, granted the bullpen was better. Hamels, Moyer, Myers, you know, Blanton. And look what they got now. It's insane how they Hamels, Oswald. They're throwing three horses out there. I don't think anyone wants to play this team right now. Uh, they're looking pretty good. Cincinnati's in. If San Francisco hasn't clinched yet, no. They got a two-game lead on San Diego, and Atlanta is still in the wild card hunt too. They're tied for it. Anybody you guys want to avoid? Anybody you'd, you'd kind of like to play? Or you think matches up well? What, what should the Phillies be hoping for for the first uh, round in the NLDS? Well, you know, I think you know San Francisco's got that pitching, man. You know, they they don't hit. But they can pitch, and, you know, you can wind up where you'd be sweating in, you know, nothing-nothing games, and it's eighth inning, you know. Anybody can win something like that. Somebody can go up and get an error or something, you know. That pitching, man, the pitching is really what's happening, and that's why the Phillies are better than they ever been because they've got the, that the monster starting pitching. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Gene. I just want to kind of position this, uh, I guess, to everybody. Yeah, Obviously, the Giants have the, have the pitching staff, at least in the NL, that, that can at least compete um, with the Phil's 1-2-3 combo. However, that said, their offense is paltry. I, I just don't see them putting up runs on our staff, whereas a team like Cincinnati, they, if there's going to be a team that can swing the sticks, that can at least kind of put up some runs with us, it's going to be Cincinnati. And I think we all know from time to time, the Phillies' offense will go into a funk. And you can't afford to go into a funk against a team that that can swing the bats like like Cincinnati can. So part of I mean I don't necessarily care. I don't think it makes a difference who they go through. I, I think they'll win it easily, uh, personally. Um, but I just want to point that out that I mean you're you're kind of rolling the dice a little a little bit as well if you, if you think that Cincinnati's going to be an easy walk. No, no, nobody's an easy walk because you know you're dealing with playoffs. You know what I mean? That, that's just a whole other side of it, you know. No, I understand. My, my my thing is, and this is what worries me the most about the baseball playoffs, and a lot of people that follow really good teams have this problem, and I can understand why. you, you got to get rid of the five-game series. I don't like it, and maybe that's coming from someone who's, a, who's rooting for a good team right now. That's how you get somebody out, short series. Over seven games, I feel confident with the Phillies. I think their, their talent's going to come through. You make a couple false moves, gee, like you were saying, you get a couple late late inning games that are one one nothing nothing. They find a way, bunt the guy over, get a bloop single, they win. You do that a couple times. I mean, you can't you can't afford 
many mistakes in the five game series or you're out. It's it's very quick. Okay, but knowing uh, that, knowing that, then Micah, if you know that it could be a one one game or a zero zero game in the eighth inning, who would, I mean, who would you rather be going against? Me personally, I think I'd be ra- I'd rather be going against the Giants. I'm not talking about going. That. I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'm just talking about the five game series in general. It's ugh, it's asking for upsets. Well, fair enough. But I mean, that's everybody. It's the same rules for everybody. I mean, it applies to everybody. You know, I understand. I understand. I'm asking a broader question here, Jay. That's is not a good question, game... Micah. It's not a good question. Is is the five game series appropriate? You play 162 games and go best of five, and you're out. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want the NFL to have a three game series for the Super Bowl? Right? Yeah. Okay, that's, exa- that's a great analogy. Thanks for that. Um, I'm just saying. No, in all reality. When, when the Colts get in the Super Bowl, no, hold on. When the Colts get in the Super Bowl and it's played outdoors and it's pouring rain and they can no longer throw the ball the way the Colts can, is that indicative of who the Colts are and the talent that the Colts have? No. Okay. That's got nothing to do with this. Oh, well, it's fair enough. all one and done. Thanks. What's two more games? I'm just you, making you, a point. I'm just making a point. Series? What's up? Are you a fan of the five-game series, or should they all be seven? I mean, you played 162. What's yeah, I don't like the five-game series, but I think they do it because they don't want to be playing in the snow. Well, which will really be they, indicative of your talent, won't it, Micah? Oh, listen to you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm saying it, it favors it favors the underdog. The five-game series does. No, it doesn't. And, it favors the pitching staff. If you're an underdog with a great pitching staff, then yes, it favors you. But if you're a top dog and you happen to have some heaters up the top of your lineup, as the Phillies do, it favors you. But you're a lefty team. Doesn't you have a better chance underdog of pulling upset with three underdog. wins or four? It doesn't yeah. favor an underdog just because they're an underdog. It favors a pitching staff. Whoever has the better pitching staff wins. And that's why they say in baseball, pitching wins championships. Even though you just went on a diatribe about the Cincinnati and their bats. Overall, <laughs> overall, well, what did I say? I said the Phillies know how to go into a funk. Okay, so Agreed. obviously if the Phillies aren't putting up runs, it means the Reds are shutting them out. So there's obviously something the Reds pitching staff is doing correctly. No? If the Phillies go into a funk, it's not like because the Reds are sitting there throwing well, softballs to them. No, but Jay, that's kind of tough because when this team's gone into a funk, it really didn't seem to matter who was on the mound. They were all made to look like all-stars. It's just the Phillies no, forgot true. to swing the bat. No, I, I and, totally agree. And that's a big concern. This, this, uh, the light switch has been going on and off for this lineup all year. If it's off, forget it. It doesn't it. matter. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's a three-game, five-game, ten-game. So I don't care what, how many games it is or who's pitching. If it's off, it's off. I mean, you need to expect Hamels, Halliday, and Oswald to go nine. They better go nine. Give up one run tops. Agreed. I mean, the good thing is they, they've kind of <laughs> shown that they can. Um, but what is the first game on Wednesday? Is that right? Yeah, they decided to go Wednesday, day off Thursday, game two Friday. Okay. And I guess we'll know. When do they find out who they're playing? Well, it's all going to be dependent on what happens. Like who wins the wild card? Who wins the West? If the, if the Braves well, win the if the Braves win the wild card, it'll wind up being Cincinnati. If the was it, if the Giants if the Giants win the West and the Padres win the wild card, then it'll, it'll wind up being the Padres. 
All right, so basically you're telling me don't worry about it right now. I yeah, won't, but we got to we, determine. We, we got to run. I want to thank you guys for joining me, G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. I'm Michael Warren. Everybody have a great week. We'll be back talking more Michael Vick next week, I'm sure. Take care, everybody. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Hello. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.